Stargazing. It's lovely to see so many people here as well this year. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about the Seven Wonders of Galaxy Zoo. So I'm sure maybe we should probably check who actually knows what Galaxy Zoo is and who of you are sitting there going, what on earth is Galaxy Zoo? Okay, so a couple of people. So, uh, and why is there also a penguin on your screen? Um, that's my favourite galaxy picture up there, first of all, to start off with. It's a penguin, it looks like a penguin, and it's got an egg, which is like my two favourite things, galaxies and penguins combined together. And uh, I think this is one of sort of seven wonders of the galaxies that you can kind of find out there. There are some really interesting and cool things. And what Galaxy Zoo was, the thing is, we've got so many galaxies out there. I don't know if Roger just talked to you about how many there are, but there are millions, billions, you know, numbers that Brian Cox loves to say. That's how many galaxies there are out there. And when we try and look at them all and classify them all, we have a real trouble doing that because, you know, you can try and take an image of every single one, but then you end up with millions and billions of images. And how do our, as poor astronomers, look at all of them? You know, so the first thing they did was they started off with a PhD student and said, here's a million pictures of galaxies, why don't you classify them for us? And the poor guy got through 50,000 in a week before he said, please don't let me look at any more, I'm going mad over here. So we thought, you know who might actually be able to help us out is you guys. Because showing you a picture of a galaxy and asking you what shape it is, is something that you know, a five-year-old could probably do. You know, is it round or is it spiral? And so that's what we did. And we set up a website called Galaxy Zoo and we showed you a picture and we asked you what shape it is. And we thought we have a million pictures and you know, for statistics, we'd like them all to be looked at about you know, 20, 40 times each. And then we'll have a real good statistic of you know, what all the shape distribution of galaxies is in the universe. And then we can go away and, and think about that and what implications it has. And maybe that might take us like seven years if you know, a couple of people help us out. Well, it took like four months because of the amount of interest. There's 40 million classifications in about four months. It was unprecedented. Radio 4 got hold of it and it was just, it blew up. And now we're on the fourth incarnation of it. And, you know, it's just fantastic. People absolutely love it. And so, because of this, you guys also found some really amazing things that really changed the face of astrophysics. You know, it really kind of got what I like to call the greybeards thinking, because you know, they just, that everything that they thought they knew has completely changed. And that's what I'm gonna talk to you about today. The really cool things that people like you guys found sat in their living room, probably watching TV, just clicking on galaxies and classifying them for us, okay? So first of all, the really cool thing we wanted to know about was which direction do spiral galaxies like to rotate in? So can you see that this one here, I'm gonna get to use the big stick. Uh, this one here is sort of spiraling this way. You see that? It's spiraling anti-clockwise. Whereas this one here is spiraling this way, spiraling clockwise, okay? So is there something in the universe that makes spiral galaxies want to go clockwise or anti-clockwise more? That's kind of weird. Maybe they should be 50-50, right? Because what's to say it should go one way or another? So we thought, well, a million galaxies, that's a really good sample. People should be able to tell us and we can work it out. Okay? But then we found out there was like 90% anti-clockwise, 10% spiral, 10% uh, clockwise. I mean, that was just weird. What, what is it about the universe that is saying that these should be anti-clockwise rather than clockwise? Well, actually, might not be astrophysical. Okay. 
Who sees the woman going round anti-clockwise? I see it anti-clockwise. Who sees it going round clockwise? You see, now some of you saw anti-clockwise, some of you saw clockwise. This is the thing, it's kind of an illusion. It's actually a psychological effect. If you look hard enough, you can see her going both ways. And you can see it change. And so this effect that people were seeing, what we did was we took the images of the galaxies and we flipped them and we asked people to do it again. And we still got 90% anti-clockwise and 10% clockwise. So it wasn't something to do with it. So when we took that effect out, it was about 50-50 again. So you didn't discover an astronomical effect, but you did discover a psychological effect, which is kind of cool. Okay? Now the next thing, this really, really like upset the astro community, okay? So before Galaxy Zoo, this is what we kind of thought, you know, all the things we generally saw in the sky, all the galaxies, okay, all these big star cities where stars live, okay, they were either like the left, okay, they were reddish and blobbish shaped, or they were like the right hand side and they were beautiful spirals and they were blue, okay? You see that colour difference, okay? And so what people thought was blue is star forming, they're making lots and lots of stars, they're very, very active, this powers that nice spiral shape. And then maybe you get another galaxy comes along and they all merge together under gravity and then they use up all their fuel for stars and so they start to die and they start to go red and then they sort of coalesce into this just sort of general blob shape. And that's how they thought it happened, okay? But then because you guys had none of these prejudices of like, well, blobs are red and spirals are blue, you discovered these things. You discovered blue blobs and red spirals. And that really got people thinking. They were like, well, can spirals then just sort of use up their fuel by themselves and then that's how they become red, but they still keep their spiral shape? And then how are the blobs, which were supposed to have used up all their fuel, now blue, which means that they're star forming and they're hot again? And that really confused people. So that was really cool. That really put cat amongst the pigeons. So that paper came out and it was like, Poof. So <laughs> the next thing, number three, I suppose. I suppose that was two in one. So this is kind of number four. Green peas, okay? Beforehand, you know, if you just see an image with something like this hidden in the corner, you might think that's just a bit of noise, something random. Something's gone wrong there with the camera. But when you find as many as the galaxies you users did, when they were labeling them going, what's this weird little green blob? What is this? What is this? And they were finding them everywhere. You kind of have to accept that this is an object in itself. And it was the galaxies you users that named these as well. They were like, they look like peas, so we're going to call them the green peas. Okay? And what these actually are, they're really, really compact. And they're green because they're so compact and so squished together that the star formation rate, the amount that they're making stars is so high so ridiculously high that that's why they appear this crazy green colour because it's so high that they're, they're giving birth to stars, the stars are dying, they're giving off all this oxygen which makes the green, gives off this green glow. And so what these are, they're like really unique laboratories for actually studying the very first galaxies because there's no way you could see these things like really far away from us, you know, when like really far back in time because they're so small. But when they're close, we can actually see the sort of basically the building blocks of galaxies actually happening, which is, I, I just think it's amazing that, you know, something that remained hidden for so long, they were always in the images, just astronomers never actually had the time to basically see them and notice them. Something else that is kind of like that, okay, another wonder of Galaxy Zoo. So some, uh, a Dutch school teacher got presented with this picture. And everyone else would just kind of, you know, they classified the galaxy in the middle. They'd said, it's a spiral galaxy. It's got two arms. But at the end, she said, what's that blue splodge? 
Everyone see the blue splodge? Yeah, just below the galaxy? And she was the first one to kind of ask that, again, because most people would just ignore that and think it was just an, anon like, you know, an image processing thing or something went wrong. But she asked what the blue splodge was, and astronomers went, um, I don't know, actually. Could be anything. Could be something in our own galaxy in front. Could be something further away. It could be like a star-forming region. Could be an even like, younger galaxy behind that. And they thought, well, we better get a clear image of it, because this was taken from the ground, so you can't see it very well. So they thought, all right, let's get Hubble to take a picture of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, why is the Kermit the Frog on my galaxy picture? <laughs> so then astronomers really had to figure out what this thing was, because, you know, first of all, you have to figure out how far away it is, okay? So by looking at the light, we can tell how far it's traveled. So we found out it was actually as far away as this galaxy. So it's not in our own galaxy. It's definitely related to this galaxy. Okay, so then you have to figure out, okay, well, what's it emitting? What makes it green? Okay, it's the oxygen again. Oxygen's there making it green. So why would it have a load of oxygen? And why does that galaxy, now you've seen it, it has that little companion galaxy. And then also it kind of looks like it's been torn apart a little bit. What actually they found out has happened is that it's actually had an encounter with another galaxy. Okay, so gravity has had its wicked way with another galaxy. It's swooshed past this one, torn it apart into just all this gas that you see here. But that's also had an effect on the big galaxy. The big galaxy kind of got excited as that one sweeped past, gained some energy, and the black hole in the middle <coughs> turned on and started shooting out really energetic high particles which hit this gas cloud, made it glow, started star forming again, making lots of oxygen when they died, and you've got a really rich area of star formation. So this is kind of called like, a, like an afterglow, an ionization echo they're called now. And then thanks to Galaxy Zoo, they found like 20 more of these objects. So this allows us to actually study the emission from black holes now because of something that someone went, what's that blue splodge? Just being curious can really change like, the whole like, picture of what goes on in the universe. It's amazing. Another thing that happened, bars make galaxies red. Okay? A bar is literally like remote control across the center of a galaxy. Okay? And the spiral arms sometimes come out at the end of it. Now they form when sort of like all the stars in a galaxy are rotating together and then they kind of like, they start sort of getting into step, if you will, and so they make this sort of long bar formation in the middle. So it's not a real structure, it's just that all the stars are sort of lined up and are going along together. And so when we found more and more of them and people were labelling this is a bar, this is a bar, this is a bar, and we ended up with a lot of them to look at, found out that quite a large percentage of them turned out to be a lot redder than all the rest of them. And we did a real statistical thing that found that, yes, bars are actually redder than other galaxies. And so it's not just the blobs can be red anymore. The bars can make stuff red. And it was kind of another head scratch. Like, well, how does that happen? And so now they think what happens is all that fuel for star formation gets, like all the gas gets funneled into the center, taken away from all those nice spiral arms and the outside of the galaxy and stop star formation again. And you end up turning it red and cold and it's dying of the bar. Another thing that was another sort of, oh, this is what can also happen to galaxies because of something all the clicks in galaxies do. And the last one, number seven, one of my favorites because this is what I like to work on, okay? These are these bulgeless monsters, which is what I like to call them, okay? Can you see how that galaxy, it's not, it's got that really bright spark in the middle, but it's not got a big blob in the middle or anything. It's just sort of like all spiral arms, kind of like as far as you can see, okay? 
So this is what we call a bulgeless galaxy. There's, you know, it doesn't look like two fried eggs put on top of each other. There's none of the yolk in the middle. It's just white egg all the way through, okay? Now what we think is in the middle of every galaxy is a supermassive black hole, okay? Really, really massive black holes, and almost all of them. And you can only spot them when they're, really, when they're active, when they're giving out these huge amounts of particles and just chucking stuff out into the universe. And what we find is we find a really specific relationship between the mass of that black hole and the mass of the galaxy it sits in. So that probably means that the black hole grew at the same time as the galaxy grew. Okay? They grew sort of like together as a pair. Okay? And we find a really specific relationship between the blob in the middle that the black hole lives in, which would make sense. The blob grew and the, the black hole grew because it's all growing out of the same thing. Think about it, if those two galaxies merge again, the galaxy gains in mass because two have come together and maybe you get a black hole merger in the middle or the black hole starts feeding on everything and then that grows in mass as well. And they destroy all the beautiful spirals and you end up with a blob and everything. But then they were finding galaxies like this and you can tell the black, black holes in the middle from that really bright bit in the middle, that's the active black hole. So there's a black hole, okay fine, we think there's a black hole in every galaxy. But this is a really flat galaxy, remember, okay? Now mergers, if there was this merger, would make a bulge in the middle, okay? It would destroy that spiral shape and it, you would end up getting a bulge and eventually the more mergers you had, the more blobbish it would get, okay? And so when you measure the, black, the mass of the black hole in here, you think it should be really small because there's no merger there to make the galaxy massive and there's no merger there for the black hole to grow. But when we measured the mass of these black holes in these bulges galaxies, they were huge. They were like the same mass that normal massive blob galaxy black holes should be. But they don't have this bulge that says, well, that's how they grew that big and became blobs at the same time as the black holes were growing. And it's just like, what is going on? How are they growing? How are they getting that big? And that's still one of the unanswered questions. How does the galaxy keep its nice spiral shape? How does it stay quite low mass? It's not as massive as the huge big blob things, but how is the black hole in the middle huge? Well, we still don't know. So maybe that's a question for one of you guys in the room to grow up and answer. Okay? But we definitely need a lot more bulgeless galaxies to figure it out. Which means a lot more clicks from Galaxy Zoo as well. So what I really hope is that you go away and maybe you try Galaxy Zoo for yourselves. Or maybe if you don't want to try Galaxy Zoo, you could try maybe clicking and telling us where penguins are. Or telling us where zebras and giraffes are. Because once Galaxy Zoo happened and they realized this is amazing and you're getting all these amazing discoveries from Galaxy Zoo, all these other scientists were like, can you let me in on this gig? This is amazing. We also have all this data that needs looking at. So we set up all these other projects with this universe. And so I hope there's something on there for you and I hope you keep classifying for us. Thank you.